Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com. 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Here's Martial. Brilliant run. Fantastic goal. Anthony Martial all on his own. He just cut through Fulham. With his pace and precision. Patterson heads it back in. Shot from Arta. Falls to Camarasa. Back to goal. Zahore with a shot. In off the inside of the post. Can't even take the lead again. Oh my word. Son against Schmeichel to wrap it up for Tottenham. And he does so. Mr. Reliable. Here's Will Hughes right hand side of the box. Lesbrook. And it's in. Andre Gray. Whopper ahead of Midbridge Road. Damage Silver, brilliant ball in behind Loftus Cheek, falls Inchenko to the left of the cross. Sterling's there, 6 0. It's the Premier League preview show looking back at the weekend's action and previewing a busy week ahead with Champions League, Europa League and FA Cup fifth round games at the weekend as well. There's more teams in the FA Cup right now outside the Premier League than in the top division. What has gone on in the FA Cup this year? What a chance for the likes of Wolverhampton Wanderers and Watford. Uh, we'll look at the best of the cup matches, including including Chelsea against Manchester United on Monday. And speaking of Chelsea, we will start with this. Would any other Blues boss have survived the hammering the club took against Man City? Of course, we'll talk Sari, the midweek Champions League and plenty more as well. Uh, a kind of review show for the preview show this week, keeping those podcast numbers up. That's the way we do it these days. And we've also got a really weird studio today where the three of us are sitting in a line like a judging panel on a Saturday night talent show. And I like that. Playing the part of Simon Cow today is Talk Sports football editor David Walker, how are you, mate? You okay? I'm very good. Do you like I'm, sitting next to me like this? Yeah, yeah I've got the, the waistband is high enough, <laughs> especially. You've got a very cow-like haircut heel, as big, well, I've just noticed. On. You look great with the lifts. <laughs> you look really good. Uh, great to see you as ever. David Walker with us. Also with us, uh, the former Arsenal winger, a man who played in all of England's top divisions, now a top Premier League journalist, podcast veteran as well. He's done about five today, but this is the best one. It's our pal Adrian Clark. Hello. Okay, mate? Yeah, very good. Who am I then on this judging panel? Uh, I would say you're a... Not Louis. Louis seems too harsh, Louis doesn't it? A bit outdated, <laughs> Louis, Louis is outdated. <laughs> You're like the guy from Diversity. Williams, I suppose, aren't you? <laughs> Who's the guy from Diversity? Ashley Banjo. You're like an Ashley Banjo character. Well, I'll t- I'll You're vibrant. You You're in shape. You're on all the shows. What more could you want? <laughs> What's coming next? And I'll be Scary Spice. <laughs> Go with that? Yeah. Because you both want to be my lover, oh, right? Yeah. Let's move on. Let's talk about the football. Let's do that. Right. Um, if you are listening to this program, by the way, on a radio station, you can download an extended podcast. Just search for the podcast places, all right? We're on it. It's been a whole season now. You know. Search for Premier League Preview Show. Uh, let's talk about Chelsea first, uh, because it was it was crazy this weekend. Uh, now, for, for some of us who don't work on Sundays, you know, I'm lazy these days. I won't do it. I was watching the rugby on the other channel. Weird for me. It's not a thing that I would usually do. Um, and I thought, I'll miss the first 20 minutes of, of Man City-Chelsea. I'm sure I won't miss much. Um, and, of course, I missed the four goals, which have, have sort of defined the season. You obviously haven't been watching Man City much lately. They've no, scored in the first minute about three weeks in a row, haven't they? A massive mistake. A massive <laughs> mistake. Um, great performance, City. We'll get into all that. But, but Adrian and Dave as well, are we surprised that we record this programme on Tuesday and we haven't seen Maurizio Sarri removed from posts? I'm not surprised at that, no. Uh, I don't think, if you look back at the, the recent years of Chelsea... It's only when, I mean, we're getting there. We're getting towards a real sort of disastrous moment for, for Chelsea. Obviously, Mourinho went after 
it was untenable after he lost to Leicester in that season. The AVB situation. There, there becomes points where they they can go no further. But it doesn't seem to me at the moment like Abramovich is focused enough to be bothered about sacking him. <laughs> Really, <laughs> if he was watching more, he'd be sad. Perhaps I, I honestly do think so. I think I think the, the the point will come at the end of the season. Probably I can't see him being there next season if things carry on like this. But the the strange thing about Chelsea is they've got hammered by Manchester City, They're embarrassed by Manchester City in that match. But could you rule out them winning the Carabao Cup final in a few weeks' time? Like it's the sort of thing that Chelsea do. Mm. They could pull out 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 of nowhere. They've got a trophy. Mm. Yeah, and they're still in the FA Cup. Yeah. They've still got a chance to top four. So I guess that Bramovich will will give it a little bit longer. I'm inclined to, to go along with what David's saying, really. I don't know if he can be bothered. He's obviously not allowed in the country anyway. Mm. So you can't give him his P45 in person anyway. So, no, I don't think there's any immediate panic. But I don't think any of us really hand on heart expect him to be in the job at the start of August. Do we looking ahead to next season? No. He's made a hash of it. And he... I think he's taking this team backwards, really, by enforcing his blueprint on a group of players that suit something else so much better. He's accidentally taking the team backwards and they're, and they're hurtling there quickly. I was going back through some of the the stories about Antonio Conte uh, earlier this week and the, the kind of stories that were coming out about Conte. If he is to stay, then he'll want to change maybe six, maybe seven players from this squad. He wants to do a massive overhaul. It was always written with, but that's not going to happen. We know Conte's going to go and all that sort of stuff. Would they have been better off, Chelsea, not choosing the players over manager for the first time in 15 years last season and allow Conte to sell Willian, Hazard, Luis, etc., all the guys he clearly had issues with well, best and players. to rebuild. Well, it is their best players, but their best players just got hubbed <laughs> by the biggest result they've uh, they've lost by since 1991. 7-0 by Forrest was their last biggest loss like this. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I don't know if that's right. Well, but no, the players that he's got don't suit the system that he's got. David Luiz is better in a back three. I think we all recognise that. Against your run-of-the-mill opposition... He has it easy. He looks the business, no problem. But against decent teams away from home, he's been exposed badly. Um, Alonso, not a great defender. More of a wing-back, isn't he? What was he doing for that goal, <laughs> by the way? I still, I've watched it so many times now. Oh. And, I mean, you played. You've been a defender at a very high level. We know your team are doing well, and we're proud of you, Dave. Um, I wish he was in the tracksuit this week, but he's not, sadly. Um, but, but he wore on a couple of weeks ago. He looked great. We're oh, red for I'm transfer sure. deadline day. Anyway, um, what was he actually doing? Like, what was happening there? He's seen Aguero in the middle with four Chelsea players around him, no one this side, and he's kind of run in. What was he actually doing there? And is that Sari's fault? I was reading about they're getting an avalanche of tactics and they can't deal with it. Was that part of the avalanche? Run away from post? No. I mean, that's just an individual piece of stupidity. I don't know what he's seen. He just gave up responsibility, didn't he? He said, like, I can't be bothered to, to mark him. I'm just going to go inside. You do it. But the communication was shocking. No, that's not Sarri's fault. Sarri's fault is not using the players properly. I, I do think in central midfield they've got massive issues. I've, we won't bore you by the, the, going down the whole Jorginho-Conte route again. But when you look at that midfield, compared to City's, right? Three-man midfield. City's midfield. You feel fairly, fairly certain that De Bruyne... And who was it that was in a Gundogan will contribute plenty inside the final third. They'll create chances. They'll get the shots away. They'll, one of them will probably score. Barkley and, and Conte, like, they're good players. They're all right. But they just don't offer the same threat as, as, a, team, in the final as third. a team like City's. And behind them, they've got a guy that, that needs loads of the ball. And against Manchester City, you, you, are you ever really going to get loads of the ball? Um yeah, certainly under no pressure. One of the best pressing teams in Europe. So, yeah, Sarri, for me, obviously, he is a tactical one-trick pony, or at least it seems this season. And unless he comes up with a plan B or a whole new squad of players that suits his system, then he's going to struggle. He's not going to come up with a plan B. I think that's fairly obvious. Mm. And I don't think, if you look at the history of Chelsea, they're, they're, they're not a club that tend to no. back the managers and give them 
loads of players and, and they've never really had a real huge squad overall, have they? They've, mm. they've sort of appointed all these different managers and they've kind of bridged. Some of them have been successful, some of them haven't. They've always seemed to manage to to survive the sort of trauma of managerial change and they can always, they've been mm. successful. They've won a lot of trophies mm. in the Abramovich era with a lot of different managers. But there is increasingly it does seem that Chelsea are really suffering compared to some of their other rivals in the top six now from not having just a better strategy as a club. Yeah. They still haven't replaced Michael Amanalo, who was the, the technical director. Well, he's got, uh, got no job again now, has yeah. he? And he just get sacked at Monaco, Absolutely. bring him back. So who, who, who's recruiting the players? What's the recruitment side of things like? It's been very hit and miss. There's been, obviously, there were issues with, with, with Antonio Conte and what he wanted, and they never replaced Costa. They've, it, yeah. it's all That whole side of things has been a mess. And it seems that, like, you know, they they every now and again, they'll pick a manager who manages to just drag the team to, to trophies and titles mm. but also it's gone spectacularly wrong on a number of occasions as well and it looks like this is what's happening at the moment that title and that FA Cup win from Antonio Conte are looking better and better by the day considering the squad hasn't changed very much mm. and as you say they're bringing a 31 year old on loan they've got a midfielder who, who obviously is struggling in this league and then last season's team and also Alonso who would replace him Emerson is he good enough what about Aspilicueta who comes in for him if he's injured and we look ahead to Malmo on Thursday they will make changes they have to make changes but it's almost like you look at that bench the weekend you look at the squad they got available you know Loftus-Cheek could probably come in to stop the Barkley Kovacic 70 minute sub every single game <laughs> thing from happening for one week um, but then there's not a great deal there. He doesn't fancy Christensen, so it'll probably be Rudiger and, and, and Cahill. Does he come back? I don't know. Well, hudson Adoy is obviously the one as well that a lot of Chelsea fans are focusing on. Mm. I mean, that's you know a very obvious thing to do. You can freshen up the team with two exciting young players mm. there mm. who would make a real difference. Yeah, it would. I would expect him to do that. Surely, on the back of that, okay, anyone can get beaten by Manchester City. Anyone can get pretty tonked by them. Yeah. Mm. But but it's, Everyone is. But, but it's not a one-off for Chelsea. This team has a soft centre... That much is clear. Every tough away game they've had, they failed. Spurs, they were rubbish against Spurs. Mm. Pretty poor against Arsenal. Um, Wolves as well, they, they lost. Bournemouth, we know it was a horror show. So, so no, he, he, if he doesn't freshen things up, I think that would be a huge, huge surprise for the Malmo game. And, and the, the team would be better for it. They'll be strong enough to, to get beyond Malmo, we'd imagine, across two legs. Yep. What about that FA Cup game? On Monday. Now, of course, Manu have got PSG on the Tuesday, so they'll probably rotate as well. We saw them leave Lindelof at home, and we, we saw them leave Rashford on the bench as Could well, but they went over Fulham. Do you think Chelsea have got a chance against Manu? Well, at home, yeah, at home. They're, they Will they need force, to show a big they? reaction, do you think? Yeah, I, yeah. It, I suppose depends what happens against Malmo, but yeah, the, the pride thing comes into play, doesn't it? Because they they were humiliated. I mean, no one wants to be in the team that has the worst results since 1991. The players, if they've got any pride about them, they'll be really fired up to to not get beaten by Manchester United, who who might have bigger fish to fry themselves. Mm. I guess you know, with the the top four getting more interesting for them probably going to be in that tie against PSG for the second leg. So so I'd give Chelsea a 50-50 chance of beating United, genuinely. Um, that's because they've got really good players. But if this game was at Old Trafford, I would back Manchester United to win easily. Absolutely. I think United are playing so well at the moment with so much confidence that I would still have them as favourites for this game, even though it's at Stamford Bridge. However, I would point to the Carabao Cup second leg, semi-final second leg, when they went into that game against Spurs... Mm. In a similar situation, questions were being asked, and they came out of the blocks, and they went at Spurs, and they, you know, they eventually won on penalties, but they were unlucky not to, to win point, by yeah. more goals in in the 90 minutes. And they're capable of putting on a performance like that, but at the moment, it just seems you just don't know whether you're going to get it. It's tough for Chelsea fans, sure, but but for us watching Chelsea, it's wonderful fun right now. <laughs> they're gloriously erratic, and it's actually very entertaining because they have put on some great shows. They've, li I mean, I wonder how many times in football history a team would have lost four nil. Won five nil, then lost six nil. That's incredible, yeah. isn't it? To have happened to any team. I know Huddersfield, yeah. you know, don't really count, but still, yeah. it's incredible it's, to have happened. Yeah. Uh, listen, that's that's Chelsea. Uh, they they're against Manu on Monday. We'll talk Manu in a minute, but just briefly on Man City, uh, who of course uh, thrashed them the weekend. They've got Newport County in the FA Cup on Saturday. I don't, I don't think that they'll put more than six past Newport. You don't I, think? I think Newport will get on better mm. against Man City this weekend than Chelsea did last weekend. 
what would that be like if, if Newport County, if they lose 5 0, does that make them better than Chelsea? That's how it works, right? <laughs> Obviously, yeah. It, it's like if you beat the team that won the league, you're now champions. <laughs> That's how it works. It's bizarre. But the, but they, the thing is with, with City, briefly on them, I don't want to focus too much on the game. Uh, but but with, with the City, they can actually do big rotations, can't they? They could change. The entire team. I think Claudio Bravo is back, so they can change the goalkeeper. The entire defence can change, and they can bring in that quality. And it, you know, it just goes to show once again that I don't know. They just have too many resources. Yeah, although I, th- I think if you look back at some of the other FA Cup games and the, and the League Cup games, yeah. I don't think he's ever made eleven changes no. all the way through. And even he plays the Burton, even the Burton when they were nine 0 up, he yeah. still put out a pretty strong team, yeah. didn't he, at the Pirelli? I so mean, the, the point remains that they, you know, whatever whichever players he puts in the lineup, mm. the squad's so good that they're all they're all brilliant. But yeah, I mean, yeah. It, you, you wouldn't expect to see the kids as such. Would I you? don't think so. Yeah. And I think you, you you don't want to bring that upon yourself. No. Put the kids in the, in that difficult situation because you have to respect Newport. They they drew with Spurs last year there yeah. and they've beaten Leicester. Beat Borough didn't they last round yeah. as well? Yeah, exactly. So so it, it's not it's not it's saying it sounds weird. So it's not a total gimme. For Manchester City, um, they have to, Magic, they have to focus. Man City lost to Wigan last yeah, season. Yeah. You know, it, it can. Stranger things have happened. I think it will, I think there will be a portion of the game, perhaps, that will that will be close. Unless Man City do what they have done recently and put a goal in after 30 seconds, mm. then it becomes a difficult, really difficult job for Newport. But if Newport can score first, which they have done against some of these big teams mm. recently, it, and and in impressive fashion as well, they've actually played really well against some of these teams. It's not just been sort of lump it up and mm. and try and get it up them. So. That, you know, I think it's a fascinating game. It should be really interesting. I love the name Rodney Parade as well. It's the greatest <laughs> ground name still going, I think, yeah, in, in English there. football. I love it. Or British football. Um, and I just wonder whether they might do a few things on the pitch. If you're the groundsman at Newport this week, are you putting a few I forks think, in? Well, I think yeah. the, the It's quite uneven anyway, isn't it? It's quite bobbly. Mike Flynn has said that he's, he's, he, he was joking, but he's saying you know, we're going to try and get as many rugby matches as we can on. Before <laughs> I'll train there. I'll train yeah. there every day this week. Seriously. Yeah. No, genuinely. And it wouldn't surprise me. You, you wouldn't. You say to the groundsman, "Get yourself off. Get yourself yeah, off yeah. for a week. We don't need you." Um, it's it is absolutely true that the pitch will make a huge, huge difference, and uh, yeah, it could be worth a, a couple of goals less conceded for Newport for sure. Great FA Cup story on Saturday, and wouldn't you just love it if oh. Newport got something from that game? Of course, no replays in the fifth round, so absolutely, it would need yeah. to be all decided on the day, on the day yeah. as well. It all goes wrong for City. Fabian Delph has a brain melt like he did last year at Wigan. You never know. Uh, right, we'll come back to the FA Cup and um, uh, what's happening over the next week in a moment. Man United up next. PSG on Tuesday, and of course, their game against Chelsea on Monday. Right, let's talk about Manchester United. Now, we're recording this uh, this show on, on Tuesday before their game against Paris Saint-Germain on the Tuesday night. So we'll just assume everyone came through that game well and all right. Massive game, though, uh, for Man U from where we record this programme. Um, and this is one thing about the PSG game I want to bring up before we move on. And that's the, the hope for me anyway. We get to see Marcus Rashford and Kylian Mbappe on the pitch at the same time. Because Mbappe, no doubt, already a world star. But Rashford's always had that he-could-be-our-Mbappe feel about him. And, and Adrian, it almost feels like the last few weeks since Lord Voldemort left <laughs> that it's gone that way. And he, he's now the star striker at Man United. He is the star striker at Manchester United now. I don't think there's any question about that. I don't think it's set in stone that that will always be the case, though. This competition for places. I don't think Romelu Lukaku is going to take it lying down. And I also don't think that Oli Gunnar Solskjaer is daft enough to be married to Marcus Rashford to just cast Lukaku aside. He just, he'll just want them to compete against one another. If you, you're asking me the comparison of Mbappe mm. and Rashford, I, I don't think Rashford's going to scale the, the heights of Mbappe. And that's nothing against Rashford, who, who could be England-star player for many, many years to come. But Mbappe just feels like the next next taxi on the on the sort of uh, rung, doesn't he, in terms of Messi and Ronaldo. They're going. And... Uh, I think Mbappe will be the world's best player within within a few years. What about Anthony Martial? Could he not be more of a mm. an apt comparison to Mbappe? Obviously, country mm. mate, and certainly a player who showed that early promise, but in the last year or two hasn't come through. Looked like he was really struggling under Mourinho, possibly on the on his way out. But he's another player already, yeah. as, as the whole rest of the team. <laughs> They've obviously improved leaps and bounds since Solskjaer's come in. And if you listen to some of the things Solskjaer's been saying about him, it's, it's interesting. He's obviously really trying to build his confidence up, but he's he's been 
this is where I think perhaps Solskjaer hasn't got the credit he deserves yet. Everyone's sort of basically just been saying that Solskjaer's come in and told them all to get on with yeah, it. Yes, Paul Ince could yeah. have done that. <laughs> Easy. Well, exactly. He's going on about could have got Brucey in. Solskjaer's <laughs> been talking about, look, we, we want him to make better runs in behind. We want yeah. him to change his game. So obviously there's a lot of coaching that's gone into this. Of course this. there is, yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah, I think I think his tactical um, prowess has been hugely underrated. He's used this false nine as well, hasn't he? He hasn't always just had Rashford up top. He had Lingard as there with the two wide attackers in Rashford and Martial at Spurs. I thought that worked amazingly well. So no, look, Solskjaer's nailing it. He called Mar he, he compared Martial, and this is deliberate, compared him to Ronaldo, mm. didn't he? And uh, <laughs> my manager, my new manager, is just comparing me to Ronaldo. I'm, I'm buzzing off that. Mm. And I think that, that, okay, that doesn't last forever, but... It's certainly uh, not going to do any harm. Marshall and Rashford are superb. But I do think Mbappe might might just mm. be a slight rung above. There was a great line from Martial when he was asked, what's changed now Solskjaer's in charge? And obviously it comes through a translator and that sort of stuff. But he basically said he's asked him to attack more. Which I thought was really nice. And if you go back to Fulham at the weekend when he scores the second, probably oh, the what first. A what a goal. And he's deep inside his own half when the kind of move begins. And you could almost, when he said that and you go back and watch it, it's almost like he's, he's thinking in his mind, attack, attack more, go for it. Caution to the wind, forget their defence, forget everything, we'll take them. Yeah. And that was great to watch. That's what I want from Man United players and also young star yeah. pacey attackers. And he's got it in his armoury, hasn't he, to do it, as he, as he proved. I mean, OK, Dennis Adoy might just be the worst defender <laughs> in the Premier League. But he, look, he had that the, was a very generous he, mite, he wasn't had, it? He had the wherewithal, didn't he, Martial, as he took that ball and looked up. He thought, oh, I fancy myself to go past this guy and the next one. And no, it, it was a sensational goal. It is a mentality thing, isn't it? You see so often, and yeah, with my former club at the moment, Arsenal, players striding forward and then they just lack that confidence and they stop and come inside with Martial there was just no hesitation there we're seeing that with Rashford the runs he's making just just so dynamic not thinking about it and boom it's in the back of the net the goal he scored recently I can't remember the one he really instinctive finish at Leicester yeah um, yeah th that is what a manager can instill into a player and that's the difference he's made oh, we'll ask this continually over the next few weeks I'm sure but if he beats Chelsea in the FA Cup, he beats Paris Saint-Germain over two legs in the Champions League. I mean, you can't not give Solskjaer well, next season, can you? The noise is coming out of Old Trafford already that he that they're, he's they're, done enough. Yeah, they're thinking that he's he's got to have the job. Um, uh, and we've said before, I think if you, if you are going to go for Pochettino, they it's not something they can do is to wait to the end of the season and see how it turns out. You've got to make a call early. You've got to get these deals in place mm. early. And mm. at the moment, it, it would seem mad not to give it to Solskjaer, to keep to build on this momentum. And it would be fascinating to see if he gets the job, whether once he gets that permanent backing, whether anything changes, whether the mentality changes, whether it becomes more difficult next season, whether it's uh, like a, you know, we, we've seen all these situations where a manager comes in and does six months really well and then by the next October <laughs> he's out the door. Yeah, look usually at Chelsea, isn't it? Roberto Di Matteo at Chelsea exactly <laughs> wins the Champions League and he's gone. But mm. it, feel, it doesn't feel like that at the moment, does it? Well, you can't, can't let him go because <laughs> it would, if the next guy, if the guy that you let him go for turn, turns out to get off to a really poor start, you're going to be unforgiven. Aren't you? You're never going to forgive you the fans. Why did you let Ole Gunnar Solskjaer go? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I just don't see any other way around it. And and I guess he's actually, and it sounds weird to say it, he's a safer bet than Pochettino because he's actually doing the job with this group of players and he's yeah. doing it amazingly. With Pochettino, we know he's, he can do the job at Southampton and Spurs with that group, but parachuting him into the, the bigger club um, where the expectations are that much higher, a completely different dressing room, don't actually know how well he'd do. We think he'd do well. Mm. But but we know that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer um, can handle it now, don't we? So, good luck to him. It's brilliant. Yeah, very big week for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Let's move on to Liverpool. Now, they don't play this weekend. Of course, knocked out the FA Cup already. They're in action next Tuesday uh, against Bayern Munich. Bayern have got a game this weekend against Augsburg in the Bundesliga. They're chasing down Borussia Dortmund, who drew surprisingly against Hoffenheim this weekend. So, the gap has just closed up a little bit there. So, it's a big game domestically for them on the Friday. Um, with Liverpool at the moment, it's almost like, I think back to Klopp's face when they lost against Wolverhampton Wanderers and it was a bit like, fair enough, that'll do. Cheers, everyone. Bye. Because they've got a lovely little break now from, you know, it's been a tough time in the league for them. Of course, a good win the weekend just gone. But uh, again, 
not a fully convincing performance against a Bournemouth side who just lose away games. And we spoke about that last week. It's, it's hard to put your finger on why. But they've got a nice little break before the Tuesday. Gives them a nice breather as well. What are they doing in this extra breather, Adrian, mm. building uh, up to they're that They're in game? Marbs, aren't they? They're, uh, so are red. They've gone on a little, little sunshine training trip. And uh, you can't blame him for doing that. What are you laughing at? <laughs> he's a Mars man. You know I've he's been, a Mars man. I've been to Marbella yep. a few times. Yeah, you I, seem like a Mars man as I've, well. I've, se- I've usually seen more than one footballer when I've been there. Yeah, there are. You know, yeah so me too. I, yeah. I question, whether, question the wisdom, perhaps, of taking any footballer to Marbella at any time of the year. I but know. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. <laughs> I only had one trip. But yeah. yeah it, was, it was a very memorable trip. And it, you were it, down it, Cocktails it, and Dreams with Trent Alexander-Arnold, weren't you? Come on. <laughs> What are you doing here, Granddaddy said? Yeah. Um, no, no. Yeah, so, Do you sh- want to know what I saw when I was there? Go the on. Last time yeah, I was there. Go on. Right. I, uh, them. The, I, I had a conversation with Brendan Rogers and Chris Hewton when I was in Marbella last time I was there. And it was one of those ones where I, I, I'd had a quite a lot to drink by this point. <laughs> and you I, had. And, and, and to, the, the, those two, I think, were keeping it all very professional, just having a few drinks. Mm. And. <laughs> I'd sort of had their acquaintance from working at TalkSport and we'd had them on the breakfast show a few times. So I thought, I'll go over and say hello. And, stuff. and all I can remember doing <laughs> is just, I was held onto Chris Hewton's hand for far too long. <laughs> I was shaking his hand for ages. And bless him, he was such a nice bloke. He just humoured me. But you could tell the both of them were just like, Christ, who is this guy? <laughs> Security. Security. He's still here. Oh, oh I love it. Yeah, Fantastic. That is, that is so but that's yeah, what's happening to Liverpool yeah, now. I, They're getting accosted by journalists. No, I've seen Brendan Rodgers on holiday as well. I think he must just permanently, whenever Celtic aren't playing, he must just be on yeah. holiday. He's straight to Marbella. <laughs> But is it, uh, with the warm weather training camps, apart from boozing up with Dave yeah. Walker, yeah. are they doing a great deal no, of work? What, what is, it, is it the bonding thing? Yeah, yeah, what I like about it is that you you, you are getting to know your mates a bit better because you, you have to spend a bit more time in each other's company. You don't want too much. You want to, you want to start getting on one another's nerves and, and then, you know, things can, can go the other way. But I don't think it can do any harm just for, for you know, two or three days away from the family. Just, just yeah, get, just have a laugh together. And... Get some good training in, in 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 nice weather. Probably have a few drinks as well. In truth, so no, I think I think it makes complete sense to me, and it's at the right time of the season. How long were you holding his hand for for it to be uncomfortable? I'm <laughs> um, far too long. I'm, I'm, What's far too long? Like, I, I think maybe five seconds is about the limit for hand holding. I reckon over ten seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did it continue the shake, or was it just a solid sort of? I uh, think there was a bit of shaking going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so I love that story so much. What a great anecdote. Yeah, yeah. Let's all get down to Marbella for the next. Did show. you look him in the eye as you as you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I tried to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one final line on that before we move on. Of course, it is next Tuesday. Uh, we're, record- we're not recording a show until after that game. Just a quick one on Serge Gnabry, Aid. Uh, he's yeah. playing up front for Bayern right now. Mm. Um, and he kind of didn't quite do it during his time in England. Failed at West Bromwich Albion as well, but has now become a star at, at Bayern yeah. Munich. Did you see that coming? Well done. No, I didn't see it coming. Not, not based on what I'd seen of him. He was a bit of a wonder kid in the youth team. And we all thought when he got into the first team that he would rip it up. And he... He, he kind of did for a couple of games, but then, yeah, he, he, yeah, he just lost a bit of confidence yeah. and, he, and he, he maybe wasn't quite as comfortable in the environment. What happened to him at West Brom was outrageous, really. I mean, just goes to show. You shouldn't always judge players until they've worked with several different managers because certain managers do not like certain types of lads, certain types of players. And yeah, yeah, to not recognise that Gnabry could have could have been a real asset to West Brom was a mistake. No, was it Pulis? Was he? It was, was Pulis. I think it was Pulis. There's yeah. your life lesson. Uh, yeah, there's your life lesson. But but look, he's got, it, it takes a lot of character to bounce back. I never really was able to do it when I left Arsenal. Um, the disappointment, I sort of carried that disappointment a little bit. You know, I enjoyed myself afterwards, but probably lost a bit of self belief. Nab Gnabry clearly hasn't, and he believed he could get back up to to a club like Bayern, and, and he's doing it now. But yeah, never saw it coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, starring up front for Bayern right now. Incredible story, really. Uh, success during his time uh, across the Bundesliga the last few years. Right, next up, I want to keep talking about those Champions League and Europa League games. Uh, Arsenal and Tottenham next. And the sad news about Spurs, the VIP cheese room at the new Tottenham Stadium is gone. Cordon Bleu. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. So Tottenham in action this week against Borussia Dortmund. Uh, not in action this weekend, knocked out the FA Cup uh, previously, of course. Uh, it's a game we're all looking forward to. Um, we'll talk about the Tottenham perspective in a minute, but I think many of us, and many fans out there as well, we're really looking forward to this game. Because we get to see more of Jadon Sancho. We get to see more of this guy playing. And if you saw any of his clips from just last weekend against Hoffenheim, that bizarre 3-3 draw, scores the first one with a shot right across the keeper in the bottom corner. Fantastic. Look for the third goal. The third goal is like five passes, which includes a kind of back heel through the legs of the defender by Sancho before it scored. Uh, might be Gertz who scored the third. I can't remember who finished it off now, but fantastic move. This game could be fantastic because it's almost like... The the Spurs of Germany take on our own version to attacking teams that, you know, fall at the final hurdle, that sort of stuff. Lucien Favre, in many ways, is like the Pochettino of 15 years ago was going to be the next big thing and maybe didn't quite do it. Uh, debatable point there for our German football fan uh, <laughs> listeners, I'm sure. But looking forward to this one immensely, aren't we? Oh, big time, yeah. It's going to be... Yeah, a feast of attacking football, you'd imagine. Um, no provi- cheese, though. Provi- no, <laughs> providing both both managers obviously attack it, attack it with the way that most teams do actually in the Champions League knockouts. They're great, aren't they? The games they, they almost bear no resemblance to the group stage games, the knockout ones. So yeah, no, really can't wait to see it. I mean, Dortmund are proof, aren't they, that um, you can start again. I mean, they lost some huge names, yet they the, whoever was the replacement for Sven Mislintat who's no longer at Arsenal, of course, um, has done an amazing job mm. at, at recruiting. And, um, yeah, they're, they're a thrilling side to watch. Can't wait to see Sancho. I, I'm, so, I'm so pleased to see a young winger again that can play for England and be a match winner. Mm. And also a, a young winger that will be used by, by Gareth Southgate moving forward. He already has, of course. So, um, so no, it's absolutely fantastic. We've, we've missed someone as exciting as, as him in that position for a number of years. Last time he was at Wembley, he was, of course, in an England shirt. Yeah. He, he looked very promising in the, in the friendly against USA and then in the game against Croatia in the Nations League. And, yeah, it is exciting. I think we, we've, see, we've all seen the clips. Mm. We've seen the assists and the goals and whatever, but to get to see him for 90 mm. minutes up close yeah, to personal be, is, is different. Yeah, we yeah. probably... Um, Highlights reels always make players look better, mm. so we should pretty temper our, our enthusiasm a little bit. I'm tempering he, nothing. He, no, I'm he, revved. He will make mistakes. <laughs> he will do things. He'll give the ball away. But but that's kind of par for the course with young talents. You have mm. to give them the confidence to to say it's all right. If you make those five dribbles past the defender and you only go past him once and set up a goal, yeah. I'm happy with that. You can lose it four times. I'm not going to give you the hook. I think that's the, the, the confidence that father, father has given him. Yeah. And hopefully that's what Southgate will encourage as well. And they'll fancy facing Tottenham right now, again against Leicester. Uh, I don't know how much you both saw of the game, but they were utterly outplayed. Well, did they? No. Utterly outplayed. Yeah. I mean, Jamie Vardy misses a penalty, scores late on, missed a couple of chances. There was a couple of chances shots. for Harvey Barnes. Leicester Is that how many it was shots. in the end? Yeah, 22. What's going wrong at Tottenham? Is anything going wrong? Were Leicester just great on the day? What, uh, is, uh, you say what's going wrong at Tottenham. That's the appropriate they, answer. They've got problems. They've got problems, but they're getting results. Yeah. Yeah. They're still winning. They're still, they're still 
you know, in that top three. They, they're on the they're on the the very very back of the coattails of the title race. Um, but they've got they've had injuries. They've had a lot of games. They've had injuries, but they've they've managed to to find their way through and get results. Players like Son have really mm. stepped up in the absence of Harry Kane mm. and of Deli Ali. Ericsson's still mm. there, scoring goals, making goals. So they're doing enough. It's, it's another, you know, if you struggle against Leicester, you'd imagine you're going to really struggle against Dortmund, but you still yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't put it past something to win, would no, you? No, you wouldn't. No, um, I think they're getting away with it because they're, they're, they're winning matches they would be expected to win. And... <sighs> I still think central midfield seems the problem to me. And they're all good players. Sissoko's a good player, having an excellent season. Winks is is excellent. But I still think, I think against the, the very best teams, they're going to struggle to control those games and provide that layer of protection for the defence. So, so yeah, I think they might concede goals against Dortmund. If they, they concede that many chances to Leicester and Leicester score one, then Dortmund, you would expect them to, to mm. take three or four of those chances. So, so it's, it's a worry, but but they're big guy. That you have to admire the fact that they're they're winning games um, without Kane and Ali. It, it is impressive. They're yeah. annoyingly resilient. Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> Never used to be like that. Um, speaking of annoying resilience, we moved to Arsenal uh, out the FA Cup, knocked out by Man United in the last round. Of course, they are in the Europa League. On Thursday, can we start with Aaron Ramsey? Mm. Uh, finally confirmed that he's going to Juventus for, I think, £12 million a day or something like that. Um, Arsenal fans have been gushing in their praise for Aaron Ramsey, certainly online in the last few days. Um, what do you make to it all? Are you glad we finally know, know that he's definitely gone? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I'm sad that he's leaving because I don't think he really wanted to leave, initially anyway. And Arsenal losing a great, a, a really good player. Um, a, a player actually I think will be remembered as a legend for his contributions to to the to the goals, cup wins cup yeah. Yeah. the yeah. FA yeah. Cups yeah. that that was at yeah. that he, he won one of them he kind of won on his own it was fantastic yeah. it was the whole game is fantastic I, I, I feel this season my, my admiration for Ramsey has gone up a gear um, and he's barely played and it's gone up a gear because with this hanging over him his attitude has been unbelievably good mm. he is he is not shirt one tackle he's, he's trying as hard as he ever tried I'm just a little bit I'm slightly miffed, really, and and surprised that Unai Emery hasn't just picked him every week because he would be in my Arsenal team every week. Mm. He he offers chaos with the forward runs he makes into the box. He's a great team player, um, box to box guy. I, I just find it strange, really, that that Guendouzi, for example, has played so much more than Aaron Ramsey. I'm not saying that Guendouzi is a bad player; he's a really good talent. But but Ramsey right now is better. Mm. And with a decade of Premier League experience behind him and yeah. all that. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm sad, but, but let's let's applaud him and his agent for getting such a great deal. I mean, what a, what a dream contract that is for a, a superb football club that are going to win things. Yeah. Going to play with Ronaldo. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of lucked out, hasn't he? Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, um, but a fantastic servant to Arsenal. And another big name of uh, the last five years that's going to go for no money. Um which has kind of been a bit of a, a bit of a thing with Arsenal in recent times. The mismanagement uh, of the Gunners' uh, the transfer policy has been a big story, and and you're losing out on a talent. I mean, what's he worth? If that's his contract, if they had two years left and someone bought him, that's 60, 70 million that would have been coming into the club to reinvest, which yeah. is not coming in. Yeah, look, um, the people that have negotiated contracts or not negotiated contracts in good time need to look at themselves, don't yeah. they? I mean, Ivan Gazidis is obviously no longer there. But but with every week that passes since his departure, you're beginning to think, well, maybe he didn't do such a great job after all. Yeah. Uh, what about the game on Thursday? Barte Borisov on Thursday for the Gunners. Where is it now, the, the Europa League in uh, in the season? Because, of course, the Champions League race has got very interesting all of a sudden. Uh, look, yeah, I don't, I've got to be honest and say that Arsenal are 100% sixth favourites for to finish in the top four. The sixth best team, I, I think. Obviously, they'll be hoping that Chelsea's wobbles continue, but but hand on heart, they're not really playing well enough to get top four at the moment, Arsenal. So, so my view, it's not beyond them to go deep into the Europa League, is it? Oh no, it's not beyond them to win the Europa yeah. League. Yeah, I, Emery's, I think Emery's got form for it. Yeah, I think Chelsea, yeah. I think Chelsea are the are the um, probably their biggest rivals for the Europa League. I would be going all out for it. I think that's Arsenal's best chance of winning uh, or getting into the Champions League next year. And we know how important that will be for finances, for bringing in players. Um, so, yeah, no, they, they should absolutely go for it. I would expect them to beat Barto Borisov. Um, but, yeah, Emery, 
I think he senses the the importance of this competition. There's no Atletico this year. I think Arsenal would have won it last year if Atletico hadn't have yeah. uh, come down into it. When um, does that happen, that the Champions League reject spill? Already happened. That's happened already, hasn't happened, it? They're yeah. already in there. Yeah, I thought yeah, they there, yeah. no one yeah, scary. There, yeah. There's no one scary. There's some decent teams in there. But if Arsenal perform to their best, as they did against uh, Chelsea as, when we were there not so long ago, David... Um, they can beat anyone. And actually, in a one-off game, Emery v. Sarri, wherever the final is, it's in Azerbaijan this year. Yes. Baku, in Baku. Yeah. If it was a Chelsea Arsenal final, I would back Arsenal all day long in the final because we know how Sarri will play. We know how he'll play. And I think... If he's still there by that point. Yeah, that is true. That is true. If they lose yeah. the Carabao Cup <laughs> final... Well, Franco Zola. <laughs> <laughs> can you believe he was one of the third favourite for the for He's the normally job? good for a few weeks. He was good yeah. for about three weeks at West Ham. He was good for a year or so yeah. at Watford, I think, yeah, before it all fell up. apart. Yeah, it was all great. He has a great little start, but then he has a you know, full-on meltdown and loses his hair. <laughs> Almost immediately, that's what happens. I'll never forget the, the shell of a, the husk of a man mm. that finally got sacked at West Ham. He looked like a shambles. You see him now, he looks fantastic. Yeah. Looks like an extra on the love boat now. Yeah. Frank Lampard, favourite for that job. Yeah, I think that's, that feels like romanticism, but if I mean, they, I'd love to see it. If they ask it, if they ask him, I, I just think... If I, you think he'd say yes, irrespective be, of where Derby are? A really bold man to say no. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Uh, listen, one final question on Arsenal. I've got to ask you this. Uh, we have a lot of listeners to this show uh, in Nigeria, and they're always asking me to ask you whenever you're on, why does Alex Iwobi get taken off every game or he gets brought on in every game? Has he ever played 90 minutes for Arsenal? Because <laughs> he, he was great. I know it was against Huddersfield, but he was great the weekend. Yeah, it was true. Why doesn't he play 90 minutes? It's true, yeah. He doesn't often last 90 minutes. I think there's a lot of competition in, in his in his position that's part of it I, I would go the other way and actually say to, to the Nigerian listeners be proud that that the Arsenal manager is is showing so much faith in Alex Iwobi I think and then there are a lot of Gunners fans here in the UK that are surprised he gets as much game time as he's getting under Unai Emery they're, are you? Um, Alex Iwobi for me between penalty boxes or between the halfway line and the edge of the box is excellent mm. he's outstanding his ball carrying, his passing, the power of him, the, the skill. It's from 18-yard box onwards, he must be better. And if he doesn't improve, I'm sad to say it, I, he won't make it at Arsenal in mm. terms of, of staying there in the long term. He, he will be moved on. He needs to score more goals. He needs to, to create more goals. It's all about in product. And I think in the games that he starts, even though he looks really good and he does make contributions... Ultimately, in his position, he has to deliver more in product. And, and, and until he does, I think that, that, that it, will, it will be in and out of the team. Nigerian listeners, there is your answer. He'll love it at West Ham next season. Right, moving on. In the next section, we'll pick out some FA Cup games and reflect on the week's Premier League other stories as well, including Rafa ruddy-cheeked and swearing across the pitch at Molyneux. Wonderful to see. Right, some other stories that we haven't had time to get through on this preview show, review show. I want to talk about Monday Night Football. Uh, Newcastle, I thought, were fantastic against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, a few Wolves fans got on at me saying, how are they the better team? Well, I thought it was a classic away performance. I thought they contained Wolverhampton Wanderers a lot, Ball, and I thought they played very, very 20, well. 20-odd shots. They did, but... 11 corners. They absolutely did, but I think the quality of the goalkeeper's performance comes into team performance. Debravka made a couple of really good saves, and I thought they played well, but, you know, that's a whole point. I thought Newcastle were good. Uh, I don't think that necessarily means Wolves need to be bad, but there you go. I thought Newcastle played well. The goal at the end. Now, on the commentary, we just thought Dubravka had dropped it first few. We didn't get a great deal of replays, end of the game and all that, but we just thought he dropped it. The more I watch it, does Willie Bolly not grab him by the face as he goes to catch it? And should that not be a foul? Discuss. I, I was surprised that it wasn't ruled out. That, that it wasn't. You, you, you normally see those flagged as a foul, don't you? Um, I think Jamie Carragher was making the point on TV over here in the UK that if you slow it down, it looks like, you know, because you, you obviously you elongate the time with the mm. replay, it looks like he's pressing down mm. Debravka's shoulders as Debravka goes to catch the ball. But if you show it in real time, it's a very light touch. And Debravka has made a bad decision. He's not got his timing right. He's not jumped early enough. Bollies up really early, comes covers a lot of ground, comes in to win that ball. And how much... Does that does that touch? There is a touch, but how much does that affect Dubravka's ability to catch the ball? Looks like he wasn't going to catch it anyway. But he's got his hands across his eyes, isn't he? At the moment, of, at the moment of impact in that in that shot, it there certainly is, looks that way. There is a still. 
there is a steal where it, as, as he's heading the ball, he's got his arms around the head of Dubravka and covering his eyes. I mean, it's got to be a foul. And yeah, I think that Newcastle can feel extremely aggrieved. I was actually amazed. I don't know you were laughing about Rafa and, and you know, sort of his his angry face. I, I was surprised afterwards how calm he was about yeah. it. I mean, he was actually he was happy to crit- criticise Dubravka. Um, and it was a slight error. He got his positioning wrong and the time of his jump was wrong. And that's two big, big, big mistakes from Dubravka in the last couple of games. It doesn't matter how, how many saves you make, Tom, in the build-up. If you're going to cost your team points yeah, two true. weeks running, Dubravka is under massive pressure. And can you imagine if he throws one in in the next game, um, suddenly there'll be question marks over his position in the team. So, well, that, and, that, and you look come the end of the season, a team like Newcastle who could find themselves... Battling for that last relegation spot, if it comes down to two points, or you know, those are the sort of things you look Very back true. on. Yeah, I think I think 100% should have been disallowed. Uh, two other quick questions on the game. Um, what do you think of banning substitutes when 90 minutes are up on the clock? Because 90 came up and then Newcastle made a change. That's where your additional time comes. So they put four up, mm-hmm. but it goes to five and a half and maybe a bit more actually after mm-hmm. the goal went in. Do you think we should stop allowing that to happen, those time-wasting subs? Because it kind of no, meant I that we didn't know when the game was going to finish. And it, it kind of, I don't know, it feels oh, like an unfair thing. What if there's an injury? Well, an injury is one fine, thing. But, I mean, if you're, that was just a time-wasting sub they made. Was it was it Atsu at I the end, just taking him off? Why are you being the time police about it? I'm just thinking that it kind of it breaks up the game. It feels a little bit like we're getting towards the crescendo, and yeah. it's almost like in, in the NBA when they start doing a bunch of timeouts to but stop it, the game. To help if them. you've kept your powder dry... And you then, yeah. and, and you're in front. Then you've earned the right to Absolutely. do that. Absolutely. And yeah. it didn't. It didn't yeah. stop us having a, a exciting crescendo last night, did it? Very it, true. He gave us one. Does it, yeah. it doesn't. It's one of those things that annoys me. It though, is annoying. It? it just gets me. It, it is annoying. But but no, you can't. You can't be banning it. That's. Uh, yeah, not having that at all. What about having a, a view of the referee's watch on the screen so we know exactly how long he's left? No, Something like that. I, well, yeah. Um, I've long since said actually that. That it should even be taken out of the referee's hands, the timekeeping, and I think that it should. There should be a a, 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 like a, 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 clock, a shot clock. clock. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I definitely think that that should happen because it just clears up any uncertainty. You do want to know, don't you? You actually want to know what how long is left. Yeah. Mm. You know, and they're just sort of guessing and at there's the absolutely, end. Absolutely. If, if if you watch so many games where you know that the ref knows that the time's up. But he wants to let this last yeah. move go on, just to see what happens, just in case. And because you have to, you kind of have to, don't you? Well, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have to. But you, yeah, you shouldn't. Psychologically, you're like, well, let them just have this shot. Let them just do it because they do. You know they do. I'm all for the hooter. Just bring in the hooter. Bring in the hooter, <laughs> says Clark. I agree wholeheartedly. Right, let's move on. Uh, I want to talk about the bottom in general uh, because Cardiff City, of course, picked up back-to-back wins. Fantastic victory as well yep. at Southampton. Absolutely superb performance. Uh, loving the endeavour of so many of those players. I love Callum Patterson. Mm. I was doing their game a couple of weeks ago, um, the home victory against Bournemouth, and he's out on his feet, but he's still going. He's still trying to win headers, and he did that against Southampton late on, which led to the goal by mm-hmm. Zahor at the end. Mm-hmm. You've got people like Rawls booting people up in the air, Harry Arter doing the same thing. When I watch them, I think the, the heart and desire to stay in the Premier League is there. When I watch some of the others, yeah. I watch every game, and I think I don't know about I don't know about Southampton. I don't know about... Oh, Burnley have changed it in recent weeks, but maybe six weeks ago, I didn't know about Burnley. It wasn't there. Brighton, I'm not seeing it. No, I think Brighton have got in a comfort zone. Um, they're capable, aren't they, of, of, of turning it on and, and keeping things tight. You're right, but I think you're probably maybe a bit harsh on Southampton. Hassan Hootor has, has massively improved them. Mm. They, they do look like a team now. They've got a bit more drive and, and passion. But, yeah, Fulham Huddersfield, they're gone. <sighs> Yeah, I, I, it is really hard to call. You'd, you'd say that Brighton should not feel safe based on, on current form and, and the fact that Burnley have suddenly found a rhythm. Yeah. Newcastle are definitely getting better and I do think Almiron will, will improve them. He's got a bit, bit of X factor that they've, they've had missing. And there's absolutely no way that Cardiff or Southampton are going to stop fighting. I think Hassan Hootel's a, a scrapper and... Cardiff have got loads of courage as you've outlined yeah. so so yeah Brighton and your mate Hewton um, yeah. they, they, they need he'll need his hand held at this rate <laughs> the way they're playing uh, in the FA Cup this weekend on uh, Saturday they take on Derby County of course looking for promotion from the championship under Frank Lampard just one win in 11 um I think their issue is that they can't rotate at all because everyone they bought during the summer was useless yeah I made this point the other day on the radio um it's incredible the amount 
we love Chris Hewton. We love shaking his hand. We think he's a nice guy. <laughs> he, he's, Especially after several tequila slammers. He's been hard done by in previous jobs. Everyone loves Chris Hewton. Yep. The bottom line is, though, he has wasted an extraordinary amount of money on so many bad players. Yep. You look at the subs bet. I mean, 17 million, I think, on your handbag. Oh. Uh, Lacardia was about 15 million. Um, they, they spent seven or eight million on players I've never heard of. That I don't think have even played. Mm. Um, Bernardo, I think, was another that was eight or nine. I did it up the other day. It was like into the 50s and 60s and 70 million million on players that they cannot wait to get rid of. And it's not like they've they've had these guys long. Most of them have come in the last 12 to 18 months. So Hewton, for all his organisation as a coach and his likability in the transfer market, he's had a, a mare. And they just can't make changes in-game. And they're looking at last year's team to keep delivering. That includes Glenn Murray. And if you don't put one on his head, mm. eight yards out, <laughs> there's not much else you can really do with Glenn Murray up front. No, they've missed his career, though. I think he was one of the ones that is a quite decent sign. Yep. And he, he sort of makes things happen. But yeah, Murray, without Murray's goals and, and, and his sort of fighting spirit at the top of the pitch, could be some be, issues. They'd, they'd be a really average side. And... They haven't been good at fullback for a long time either. Obviously, Dunk and Duffy are fairly solid, but the two fullbacks I, th- I think are yep. eminently gettable at. And uh, yeah, there's work to do. I, th- I think they'll be in a race right towards the end of the season. And if you're looking for a cup upset, Derby County visiting the Amex early Saturday UK time just might be one you're looking at. Uh, elsewhere in the FA Cup this weekend, I want to pick out a couple of others briefly. A uh, big chance for Watford to go to QPR on Friday. Made 11 changes, wasn't it, for the Newcastle victory last time out? Yep. Will they do the same thing? It might not be 11, but it'll probably be most of the team, I would have thought, from from the team that played against Everton or started against uh, Everton on Saturday. Um, And that's just the way. And I I think there was a lot of hoo-ha, wasn't there, about the fact that they made 11 changes, but they still beat Newcastle comfortably. And I think Watford have probably got pretty much the best squad they've ever had at the moment. Mm. And a lot of those second-string players, if you like. We shouldn't really call them that. They're they're all interchangeable with the first team. There's not a lot between a lot of those players. And a lot of the players that came in in the summer have really pushed on some of the regulars. Like Someone like Jose Holobas has had an amazing season. He's now suspended. Of course uh, he is. Premier League. Um, Because he books every game, doesn't he? I love him. (laughs) He's got 33 bookings in 100 appearances for Watford. He reminds me of... We used to have John Moncur. And I love John Moncur. He was my favourite player when I was like 9 or 10. But he got booked in every game. And when he used to come on late in his career, like 67 minutes, he was always booked within five minutes. I loved him for that. I love Holobas for that as well. Holobas might actually play because he's suspended in the Premier League. So maybe he'll have factored that in. But players like Adam Messina, who came in from Italy, have, have, have really pushed... The first team, and I don't think there's a great distance between the second uh, eleven for, for Watford, if you like, to the first eleven. So he will make a lot of changes, but I think, you know, Watford will still go out all out to win this game. And I think Watford and Wolves, maybe Crystal Palace, mm. really got their sights on perhaps getting to the final. Should this have, year. Yeah. yeah, definitely. How would you feel if you made nine changes and you lost? Um, I, I, I suppose it, de- it depends on the performance, really. And, and but I, 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 at the moment, bef- as a Watford fan, before this yeah. game, knowing that we'll probably make a lot it. of changes, I'd accept it because yeah. I'd be confident that those players coming in are good enough to yeah. beat QPR. Fair enough. Uh, what about the game between Doncaster Rovers and Palace you've just mentioned? I thought Palace were fantastic second half against West Ham the weekend. First half oh, they yeah. held on a bit, but the second half, yeah. fantastic stuff they were playing between yeah. all these creative talents. They were encamped in the West Ham half, but just the one goal. Yeah, well, yeah, that's been a problem all season for them, hasn't it, Chris Palace? Haven't got enough goal-scoring threats in their starting eleven. Um they're a mid-table Premier League team. I don't think they're involved in the relegation race. What I'll say about Doncaster, for anyone that's not seen Doncaster this season, they are a really exciting team. They uh, Grant McCann is the manager. And basically, I'm not, not saying he, he ignores defence, but he, he, he says to his players, no fear, just go out there and, and wave after wave of attacks, just go for it. And the best. they've scored more goals this season than they scored in the entirety of last. They will go for it against Crystal Palace. And if Crystal Palace think they're in for a, a game where Don, Donny will get 10 men behind the ball and, and park the bus, it won't be like that. I think it's going to be a really exciting cup tie. It might be Don, Donny's undoing that they go for it and they leave gaps for your Zaha's to, to yeah. pick off on the break as they did against Man City. But 
but they will they won't go down without trying to score goals, Doncaster. What's the latest on Zahar's ban? Will he be missing for this one? I know he could play last week because Palace bought a bit of a fast one. Waiting on news, aren't we? Are we still waiting waiting as we record? We don't know yet, do we? No, I didn't think we knew. Um, So he's likely to be missing this game anyway. But did they pull a little bit of a a trick last week (laughs) so he could play against West Ham? Did it on purpose? Bit of a loophole, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it worked for them. Frivolous appeal. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Why can't they convene these appeals panels immediately? What is there to do? It's It's the age of Skype. You do it in like two minutes, don't you? Why does yeah. it take this long to decide? Good point. <laughs> it's weird, though, isn't it? Good point, well made. But we're still waiting as we record now. What, a week on from the even, decision? We don't even need to be in the same room, do you? No, it's you a quick call. Yeah, you can have a Text con- me. conference call, have a WhatsApp group. You can do whatever you like. Just Definitely com- banned. Send. Yeah. Done. Bizarre. Anyway, OK, got to move on. Uh, Bristol City, what about their game? Of course, uh, you would have seen a decent amount of them this year, Adrian. Yeah. They're another team from the Championship who, who play fantastic football and, and they've got a real chance themselves of an upset against Wolves on the Sunday. Yeah, they're a good cup team, aren't they? They've got, got the confidence of, of cup successes from last year to, to fall back on. I've been unbelievably impressed with Lee Johnson. He lost most of his best players. Obviously, Bobby Reid is at Cardiff and Flint, who is at Middlesbrough. Um, They're the two two key men. And he had to replace them. What I'll say about Bristol um, City is they've got one of the best centre-half partnerships in the Championship, um, Webster and Callas. So I think Raul Jimenez is a really good player. I I, I like the Wolves striker, but he won't find it easy against those Mm. two. Um, Midfield's very industrious. And then you've got you've got Jiju up top, who's a bit of a battering ram. But they've got good wide men. I really like Callum O'Dowd at Ireland International. He can either play at 10 or, or out on the flank. They're, he's a tactical guy, is Lee, Lee Johnson. He'll come up with a game plan. And if Wolves aren't on it, this will be a really, really testing encounter for them. It would, For me, it wouldn't be a massive surprise if Bristol um, knocked Wolves out. Uh, also, Swansea against Brentford in the FA Cup this weekend. And this one, Wimbledon up against Millwall. Um, yeah, it could have been West Ham Millwall this one. Yeah, it could have been. But look, those four teams you've just mentioned there, you know, two of them are going to be in the quarterfinals. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, which is amazing, amazing, isn't it? Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I was out with, I mentioned this a few times on the show, uh, with a bunch of Wimbledon fans for the West Ham game in Wimbledon. Great day. Um, but it's funny because they're actually quite livid uh, about Wimbledon because they were like, they were fantastic in that game, but they can't buy a point in League One. Do they raise their game enough to beat Millwall and get to the quarterfinals? <laughs> They're one of those teams that seem to look great on the telly, but of course this one hasn't been but, picked. But Millwall, what I say about Millwall is that they'll, but they won't be put off by the ground or the changing rooms and all that yeah. nonsense. Because they're not a team of big egos, are they? Neil Harris is a very grounded lad, and to be honest, Millwall. The football that they play isn't a whole lot. It's going to be a scrap, isn't it? It's not going to be a whole lot prettier <laughs> yeah, than Wimbledon. Well put. It's going to be a scrappy <laughs> old game. Who's going to be the better scrappers? <laughs> and, he, I, and I, yeah, look, if you look at the goals that Mill will score, most of them are from set pieces or knockdowns and second balls. It's going to be ugly, um, but ultimately, I think Mill will win. I think they'll win with a bit of something to spare. Another good cup run for Millwall then this year. Looking forward to it this weekend. And, of course, no replays. We mentioned it earlier in the programme in the fifth round. I think that's a good thing, isn't it? We yeah. just get on with it. We get through it now. 100%. Replays are always a bit of pain, aren't they, in the end? Uh, listen, one final quick line on the programme before we're out of time. This came to us maybe a couple of hours before we recorded on Tuesday. Uh, England's 1966 World Cup winning goalkeeper Gordon Banks died at the age of 81. Oh, it was confirmed to us on Tuesday that had happened. Obviously, one of the, the great players of England football history, uh, the World Cup winner, the save against Pele, his uh, recovery from losing an eye in a car crash and still going to the USA and playing and playing with one eye in goal against the likes of Beckenbauer out in the US in the 1970s. Incredible. Adrian, just a quick line on what a great figure of football, what a great person as well and, yeah. and what a great shame this is. Yeah, well, it's really sad news first and foremost, um, but he's lived a, a long life, a very successful and happy life, Gordon Banks. And he's a, he's a true great of English football. How many England internationals have been the best in their position on the planet at the time when they've represented mm. this country? Not yeah. very many. And, and Gordon Banks was easily the Absolutely. world's best keeper. I think we, we remember him, obviously, for the 66 and for that save against Pele. But that's exactly right. You know, he it wasn't just these couple of moments. He was the best. And I think it was six times he was voted as, like, FIFA's best mm. goalkeeper of, of the season, team of the season. And I noticed this earlier as well from, from Opta. Of the 62 goalkeepers to have played eight or more games at a World Cup, Gordon Banks is the best ratio of minutes per goals conceded. 
in the history of the competition. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I saw a great story, uh, an interview with him in, in one of the papers uh, from a couple of years ago. In 66, when they didn't wear gloves at that point. You may have read this this morning. It was fantastic. Uh, and he sent uh, someone off to buy chewing gum at a local shop down Wembley Way. He used to chew chewing gum and spit on his hand so there'd be a bit of stick so he could catch the ball. And they're going out to the semi-final of the World Cup. He looks at his, his stuff that's been prepared by the staff and he's like, wow, there is no chewing gum here. Someone better get me some chewing gum. We're kicking off in 20 minutes. And he sends someone out who sprints down Wembley Way to get it, brings it back. And in the tunnel as they're about to walk out at Wembley mm. for the semi-final of the World Cup, someone gives him a pack of chewing gum so he can chew it and spit on his hands. <laughs> they go on, of course, and win, get to the final, and the rest is history. Yeah. Fantastic story. Those were the days. Well, those were the days, and that was a goalkeeping legend sadly lost to us. Uh, Peter Coach Stoke chairman said he was English, England's greatest goalkeeper when they had their finest hour. Can't put it fairer than that. Thanks to Adrian, thanks to David for the um, great words of wisdom on the preview show this week and stories of drunkenness in Marbella as well. We are back with another preview show next week. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply.